Hey, it's Amber. Welcome back to another episode of Teens Talk. Thank you for listening. Um, today I am joined by Lauren Zadel. Um, so Lauren, first off, can you just introduce yourself? So name, age, pronouns, interests, and where you're from. Yeah, so my name's Lauren Zadel. I'm 15, about to turn 16. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, California. And some of my interests include computer science. I absolutely love cybersecurity, uh, front-end development, back-end development, a lot of things like that. And my hobbies, I love to run, and I really like to take hikes with my dog. That's awesome. Um, so you work quite a bit in STEM. So for those listening who don't know what STEM is, can you just give us like a brief definition? Yeah, so STEM, the literal acronym stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, sometimes includes arts in the uh, acronym STEAM and then math for M. Um, STEM in general is just a large field that's based pretty much on the sort of technical and like engineering based fields rather than rather than the humanities like arts and English and literature, um, all sorts of things like that. It's sort of the other side of the spectrum where we focus a lot on sort of mathematics and um, observable sort of uh, sciences like that and that's a lot of what I work in. That's awesome. So what are some challenges you face as a woman in STEM? So this is definitely a more nuanced subject. Um, being a woman in STEM is only sort of started to pick up as like a moniker now. So usually we would just be known as women. There wasn't really a sort of community called women in STEM. But being a woman in STEM essentially entails being one of five so for, for every one of me, there are four of my male counterparts in the field. Um, essentially, the challenges that come along with that is, first of all, being seen as different, which is obviously something that ever, a lot of people have to face in a lot of different situations. But this just adds on to the different that I already face, like, you know, being multiracial and being coming from a place where there aren't many people of my background. Um, that's already a challenge I had to face just from growing up, but now in the interest in the career like field that I've sort of been interested in and wanted to pursue, I have to be an outsider. And not only in academics, but in the career field, that definitely comes along with sort of not being listened to, being ignored, being talked over, and my opinion and my viewpoint just constantly being overlooked, which is definitely the main thing that I struggle with. Yeah, that is really um, not good. Um, so what are some stereotypes and prejudices placed around women who are involved in STEM, in your opinion? So, yeah, so this also is a very, sort of like a buzz topic that comes along in the women in STEM community. Um, the main sort of stereotype that we face is that we come from a certain racial or ethnic background, which is definitely not true. Obviously, um, the computer science community in particular, which is where I mostly work in, is predominantly um, white. However, a lot of the women in the field aren't, and our demographics are often grouped into the category of white or other, once again, and so that's a main stereotype we fit, just because a lot of people assume that we're either white or Asian is another of the, um, of the larger like stereotypes that we face, but obviously there are so many different diverse like voices in the field, and being grouped into that category is difficult. Um, also, I'd say a larger one of the stereotypes that we face comes with our personalities and our interests, because obviously STEM includes non-humanity majors and non-humanity-like subjects. However, it's largely intersectional, which pretty much means that you can be interested in technology and its intersection with 
cosmetics or technology and its intersection with um, music. So it sort of comes along with a lot of like overlap and assuming that we do only coding or we only work in mathematics or computer science is sort of a, a large stereotype that we face, even though technology is really overarching and includes so many different subjects. Yeah, especially um, like the kind of world that we're living in now where so many like school systems like are online. Technology really is such um, a huge presence in our day-to-day lives. Um, so as a child, were you encouraged to get into STEM by like your school system or your parents? Um, and like when did that happen? If I'm being completely honest, so my school system and my parents are different. I'll start with my parents just because that's a more, it's a more short story. Um, they are obviously very open and encouraging of whatever I'm interested in. So when I expressed an interest of being into tech and coding when I was younger, they were obviously very supportive of me. Um, they, you know, sponsored whatever interest I had in the moment. And that first began with Minecraft modding. That was the <laughs> first thing I was interested in with like technology and um, like Java and Python. So they were obviously um, completely willing to sponsor like the classes I took and like the school offered some extracurricular programs that I was interested in. So they were completely accepting of that. I think the main thing that discouraged me from getting a field, getting in- involved in the field when I was younger was the schooling system for sure. Because it, although they never explicitly tell you you're a girl, you can't code or you can't take these classes. No, they would never say anything outright like that. However, the way that they sort of discourage young girls from joining those subjects are by forcing them into classes that are completely male. So when I was younger, I went to a smaller private school and even there, right, um, where we were largely concentrated into a variety of different interests, um, I was still in a class where I was the only girl and there were 30 other boys my age and obviously at that age I was less comfortable speaking my own mind and I was less comfortable being the only one who was different. So at the time I was sort of discouraged from continuing those classes and I was like I don't really feel comfortable here. But as I got older I started to realize I shouldn't have let myself be influenced by what I saw around me because obviously you can't change what you see, but you can only change yourself or you can, the active thing that you can change being that young is like what you do. So obviously looking back on that now, it's, it's easier to see how I could have been more open, but obviously that's definitely all based on our societal norms and what we've, what we've seen up to now. Yeah. Yeah. That was really well said. Um, how do you think the school system could better encourage girls to get into STEM? Yeah, so, okay, this is um, definitely a bit nuanced as well, but I think the number one key, as with a lot of other subjects, is to start from the very roots, right? Like, to start at the base of the pyramid, essentially, which means to go all the way to when girls are at their youngest, right? Like, their minds are most impressionable. Um, It definitely comes with a lot of growth. As when I was, like, six or seven years old, everything I was being told would stick with me, so all the new information I was learning was just constantly in my brain. And when I was like learning that I was the only one in the subject that stuck with me, you know? So I think what the schooling, like the education systems, mostly, you know, across the world, I think that there are definitely more issues to be solved like internationally. Um, But at least where I am, I think an issue that could be solved is encouraging STEM education in younger girls, just like elementary school age, just because that's when they start to foster their interest. Because if they don't know they have an interest that young, it's definitely a lot more daunting and discouraging to take on a new passion when you're older. 
So I think by encouraging like first grade or second grade girls, here's, you know, instead of, um, instead of doing this, if this is hard for you here, we can help you learn math or we can help you learn science. Oh, do you want to learn how to start getting involved in maybe video games or something like that? Just sort of presenting those options to them rather than having the girls have to come to those options themselves, sort of giving them a buffet of possible places they can go and possible opportunities they can access. Um, I think that that would be a really good way to introduce them to fields that they weren't very familiar with in the first place. Yeah, I really, really like how you put that. How would you encourage um, other women to be more confident in their STEM abilities once they've maybe gotten to that high school point where the fields haven't really been introduced um, and they're interested, but they're just not sure? Yeah, so this is definitely where I can provide most insight because myself, I was obviously interested since I was like seven or eight. However, I had a long break in my interest just because I was early on very discouraged and I felt really weird and just not normal. So I I mostly began to take that interest back on in freshman year, so ninth grade. Um, And that's where I mostly kickstarted like a lot of what I do. Uh, And so that's, I would really recommend. So I hear, so a couple of like a bits of insight that I could provide just for starting in ninth grade or like starting later on, no matter what grade you're in, is to just sort of realize that you don't have to be good at something at first. So even if you're surrounding yourself with a community of people who have been doing it since they were a month old or doing something since they were super young, right? It sure feels like that. It feels like they've been doing it for forever and you just feel so behind. You have to realize that there's no comparison between those two, right? They're like completely different subjects. It's like comparing an apple with a water bottle. Like you can't, you just, those two things just can't be um, compared, right? So you sort of have to set yourself in a different field and realize you should have your own expectations. Don't let anyone else set your expectations, set them for yourself, because obviously it's your passion, your interest, you you decide what you want to do with it. Um, so that lets you have jurisdiction over what you want to do in the future. So obviously for me, when I was joining these coding classes, again, even in the ninth grade, there were all boys, maybe one or two more girls than they were when I was in the second grade. Um, but everyone knew more than I did. So I've, I told myself, you know what? I don't really care what these people, what the pace of these people are. I'm going to set my own pace. I'm going to do this class based on what helps me the most. And if I feel like I'm falling behind to my own personal standards, sometimes I would at night before I went to bed, I would do 20 minutes of an online coding curriculum and I would learn the language on my own or learn another language and sort of just f- so I could do that so I could feel fulfilled for myself. So I'd say the overarching like thesis there is just do something for yourself and not for others. So if someone's forcing you to be interested in this, um, that's a different situation. Obviously, in any way possible, sort of look out for yourself, look out for your own benefit if they're not for you. So that's the overarching thesis there is to just sort of focus on what you want and what your needs are. Um, And another thing I would say is really important is to just try to realize there's this sort of concept in the STEM field that's largely known. It's called imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is essentially where you feel like you're a fraud in comparison to people near you, or you feel like you don't belong. You feel like you shouldn't, you're not smart enough to be somewhere. Like you feel like you're too stupid and you don't belong there. Um, That's a huge issue that women in STEM face every single day, just because we're either constantly being compared to a male counterparts who've had a lot more time and a lot easier of a time getting to where they have been. Um, And we're also comparing ourselves to other women who are 
talented and incredibly hardworking and it just constantly feels like we're not enough. Um, but obviously this all comes down to realizing your own self-worth. And that's what I say is obviously the technical skills are really important and learning those concepts are really important. But I would say put that on pause until you've sort of built the confidence and built the self-worth to realize that you deserve to be where you are and that you don't have to prove to anyone or anything that you deserve to be there. So the moment you realize your self-worth, a lot of the technical knowledge is going to become a lot easier just because there isn't that constant self-pressure of having to do better on you. Yeah, that was really, really well said. Um, So what is your biggest advice for finding that um, sense of self-fulfillment or um, feeling like confident in your abilities? If I'm being honest, what helped me the most was like my friends. So as I got more involved in the community, which is a whole subject in and of itself to talk about is like getting involved in the STEM women in STEM network. Um, as I sort of found connections within that network, I got closer to them. I connected with them a lot. And a lot of people were in my grade, um, similar age, similar sort of experiences to mine. We talked a lot about how we felt and we realized that we were having really similar experiences. So for example, one of my friends, she told me, she was like, I see you, you know, so many of these languages. Like, I just don't know that many. I just, I don't know what to do. And I would tell her, you know, I can see you have this like innate creativity that I don't have. And we were just telling each other like what we admired about each other. And we realized that we were constantly comparing ourselves when we should have been sort of collaborating and like combining what we, what our strengths are to raise each other up. So it obviously helps. It depends on whether you're more independent or codependent person. Um, but I personally found that a really good way to sort of build that self-confidence was to have someone there with me who knew what I was going through and was feeling the same things because we just sort of were provided a voice of reason to each other. We were like, wait, but you shouldn't feel like this because this is how I feel about you. So how do you feel like that? Like, I feel like that, you know what I mean? So it was a very like intrinsic connection where once you have that person that you sort of connect with and that person that you feel like you're friends with, everything just becomes a lot easier. So I'd say like make make a few friends in the area that you're in. And even if even if there aren't any girls in your classes or anything like that, I would say um, look online, obviously, because STEM is largely based through the Internet. So you can always find people who aren't in your city or who aren't near you that you can always talk with. And obviously now with virtual learning and virtual pretty much everything, virtual meeting, it becomes a lot easier to become closer to people online. So I would recommend if you can't find anyone in your active community to just reach out online, make some new connections through any platform. That's really great. I really love the message that you were going for there. Um, What is your biggest piece of advice? Um, So you were kind of talking about the building each other up instead of tearing each other down. And I feel like tearing each other down is something that we've been kind of taught since such a young age. We've been taught to kind of like envy each other when we really should be... um, grateful for what we have and also um, being able to compliment people on what they have that we don't and being able to combine our skills. So how do you think that could be better um, fostered and better taught within young girls? I think, yeah, so I think the competitive nature is a huge issue with how everything is run right now and not even just in the women in STEM communities, just young children, high school age, middle school age, it's all just so much competition. But what you have to, what people should start like, what teachers, not even just curriculum, but what we should start realizing within ourselves 
is that our main competition is ourself. So you're constantly working to better yourself by your own standards, as opposed to holding yourself to someone else's standards or having them hold you to your standards. So instead of, so instead of telling myself, okay, if they think a B is a bad grade, then I can't get a B either because that's bad for them. So it's bad for me. No, instead you look at your own strengths. You look at your own weaknesses. You tell yourself, okay, I worked as hard as I can. For me, the letter grade isn't what matters. It's um, it's how hard I work, it's how much effort I put into it. If I did poorly on a test and I, I know in my heart that I could have studied more or I could have put more work into it and I didn't reach my full potential, you sort of gauge those standards by how you're doing. So instead of constantly judging your performance based on how other people are doing, judge your performance based on how you're doing. And I think that applies to like extracurriculars and passions as well. So instead of like marking your learning curve based on other people, mark it based on your own curve. So if you notice, oh, I learned a lot this summer and I got, I learned two languages and I coded two programs, instead of, instead of telling yourself, oh, they coded four. No, you tell yourself, oh, I coded two, maybe I can do three. Instead of telling yourself, maybe I should just do five because they did four. No. So you sort of hold it to what you've been doing in the past and compare yourself to yourself rather than comparing yourself to others, I think is the main thing. Yeah, that is, I really like what you were saying, because especially with, like, school and the letter grades, because, like, Mm -hmm. I know some people who math is not their strong suit, and, Mm -hmm. like, a 94 might be, like, a bad grade for one person, but then for another person who, like, usually gets, like, 60s or 70s, that could be absolutely fantastic, and, like, a good grade for them could be, like, a 78. So, like, it's really working on, like, finding... Um, a place where you can compare um, more to yourself than to others if you do feel that you have to um, compare what you're doing. Yeah, um, just to add on to what you said, <clears throat> that also means being considerate of what other people's standards are. So, like, even having your own standards, they may be different from someone else's. Respecting that difference is a large part of eliminating that competitive nature because if you see that your standard for a good grade is higher than someone else's, rather than telling them, oh, why is yours so low or questioning yeah. them on why yours is different, obviously you should just be completely accepting of what theirs is because they know their se- themselves the best um, and you know yourself the best. So sort sort of it all comes down to empathy once again, like put yourself in their shoes. If someone who was more naturally gifted in a subject that you feel is more difficult for you came up to you and was like, oh, why is this hard for you? Like your, your standard yeah. should be just like mine. It would make you feel bad. So it's sort of, you sort of have to, depersonalize yourself and put yourself in their position and realize that it might not be the most considerate thing to be doing. Yeah, I really, really like what you're saying there. Um, This is kind of off topic, but um, what does, like for you, what does your day-to-day kind of activities in STEM look like? What are some things that you're doing? Yeah, so obviously right now, just in general, I have a lot of school going on. Obviously, I'm a junior in high school, so it's definitely pretty difficult. Uh, one yeah. of the more difficult years coming up with standardized testing and college applications and all that. In school, I take two computer science curriculum courses. I take AP Computer Science Principles, which is more learning about the basics of the internet and how that works and how like like the fundamentals of a couple of really easy programming languages. And then I'm also taking AP Computer Science, which is um, in-depth detailing of like certain languages and really getting good at these languages. Um, so that's a lot of what I do in school. Out of school, however, so I am involved in a couple of extracurriculars um, and a couple of programs. Uh, 
almost all of these programs, I'd say all except for one, are all female. And I would highly recommend like sort of looking out for these startups in these industries and these sort of organizations because they're obviously struggling to find the people that they need if they want to be an all-female organization there aren't that many females in stem so first of all they're looking for people and second of all it's really just such a positive community when i surround myself each day with these people who know exactly what they're going through and they're super talented super organized and i feel like i'm constantly learning from them so usually I'll do a couple tasks for these organizations, like depending on what my position is, I'll do a little bit of either graphic design work, which is sort of where my intersection with tech comes in. I like a lot of the technical knowledge, like coding, web development, backend development. And then I also enjoy graphic design. So those two things really can go hand in hand in this like new subject called UI UX, which means user interface or user experience. So like on an app, for example, the buttons you click and the design, the aesthetic of the app, that's sort of like UI UX. So I do a lot of work for that on a day-to-day basis. I um, usually have a couple meetings later in the evening where we discuss what's been going on with the week. And a lot of the really good thing about these all-female organizations is that one common thread that I've noticed is they're all super insistent about communication being the key aspect of the organization. So above all comes communication. So rather than punishing you for not being able to do your work that week if you had communicated to them I'm really busy I'm super sorry like I I don't have time this week do you think we could like shift around the responsibilities a little bit they would be completely accepting and open and willing to sort of redistribute what you have to do um, as long as you're openly communicating just all the time because there can't be sort of an over communication there's never there's never enough yeah I definitely understand what you're talking about there with like running an organization and being a part of an organization, there's like the most important thing above everything in my opinion is communication because especially like the fact that if someone just communicates to you um, what's kind of happening in their life, it makes it so much easier just to figure out everything that's going on. Definitely, exactly. That was my sort of motivation for joining a couple of these, a couple of these um, extracurriculars. It was that they were super accommodating to my schedule Um, And a lot of them were definitely more work demanding. Like I'm I'm currently like an unpaid intern at a startup app. um, And there's definitely a ton of work, right? Like I'm giving, I'm having like five deliverables a week. And it's just, it's definitely a lot on my plate, but they do know that I'm a junior in high school and I'm constantly keeping them updated. Like if I miss a deadline, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was taking an exam. Like here it is as soon as possible. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. We know you're busy. We get you're overwhelmed as long as you're keeping communication with us. So I think that was definitely the motivation. And I think that definitely should be the motivator for joining certain um, extracurriculars. Yeah, I really, I really do like what you're saying there. Um, What was your favorite part or what is your favorite part of working within the STEM field? Okay, so I think that's definitely a difficult question because I love a lot about it. Um, I think in general about technology is that when you learn, you can see such a tangible result of what you're learning, um, and especially in such a unique way. So everyone learns the same basic language, right? Like once you learn a programming language, it's the same programming language that everyone is learning everywhere. So just just the same as what a lot of math teachers say about math is that math is the universal language. Programming is of the like. So um, once you learn these languages, it's what you do with it that matters. So that's why everyone in the field is so unique and that you're constantly learning from other people because even if we all have the same 
basic language running in our heads, we're all doing different unique things with it. So if I decided I've built an anonymous like forum app and someone else has built like a graphing calculator app for their phone, we have such different things to teach each other, even though we learned the same exact language to begin with. And so I love constantly communicating with these super, like everyone in the field is talented in their own incredibly unique way. So talking to these people, even just talking to them or like texting them for 10 minutes, I gained so much new information that I didn't before. And so I think my absolute favorite part is that I'm learning everything new every day and learning something new doesn't necessarily mean that I'm learning a new concept. It means that I'm learning something new about the people around me or I'm learning something new about how technology overlaps with something or I'm learning something new about my friends or myself even. I'm, I'm learning something new about myself every single day. So I think that's definitely one of the best parts. Yeah, that is really um, inspiring, and I definitely love what you're saying. Um, I think we're going to cut it off pretty soon here. So is there anything that we haven't talked about, we haven't mentioned, that you want to bring up? I think we've covered pretty much everything. Just to reiterate, I think number one takeaway, if you want to, you know, listen to one sentence of, you know, what I'm saying, I think it's realize your self-worth before you push yourself to do anything that you don't know you're interested in yet because the number one step, and I think this applies to everything, not just STEM, is to realize that you're worth more than what other people define you as. So for me, you know, I'm worth more than just like the outsider in a computer science class. I'm worth way more than that. And the day I realized that, and to be honest, it was, it was sort of an epiphany moment. It was like one day where I was like, why am I worried about this? So The moment I realized that, everything, like, so many opportunities and so much potential just opened up for me. Yeah, that's really great. Um, Thank you for listening. Tune back in to another episode. And thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us today.